Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31.5-year Wall Street veterans that have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks that we screen for here in the shop each week. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air. So we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, it's July 16th, 2012. We've run a very... A uh, typical enterprise value to sales screen this week. We've got three terrific value ideas, or medium, probably, what have you. Uh, but first, a couple of important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. It's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, Mo and I are professional analysts and portfolio managers during the week, and we do a lot of important analysis, uh, financial projections, interviews with management, uh, comparative analysis with competitors, we're doing none of that here whatsoever, I assure you. Uh, we're just looking through names that came through on a screen. <clears throat> uh, third, am I on three? Um, our lawyers say to remind you that uh, we may not have your best interests in mind. We may accidentally recommend you do the opposite of what you should do. So do your own work or certainly get other opinions. And then fourth, uh, Mo and I have been drinking this week. That's a shock, I'm sure, to listeners, but we have been. So uh, keep that in mind. See all our caveats at www.thevalueguys.com where uh, we've had a complete transformation of the website. There's links to articles that we read now. There's uh, a new banner that's kind of cool. And what else? Uh, actually, there's a link to every stock we've talked about on the show for five years uh, where you can pull up news, charts, and all kinds of things at www.thevalueguys.com. And that's due to the uh, great work of the Financial Survival uh, Network and Stefan, who uh, has done that work for us. So thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, this week, as every week, we've got three great value ideas, and that's going to come in a little while. But first, we're going to have a, uh, a new segment that, uh, not super new, I guess it's a couple months, called Value Guys Wall Street News uh, brought to you by Momentum. Mo. Thanks, thanks, Val. Sure. Um, you know, I have I have no quips today. No quips. No. Today oh, we're gonna are you have busy a busy at work. No, okay. we're gonna have a moratorium on news reports. What from Wall Street? Just a temporary Why? moratorium. Because talking about Goldman Sachs every week is like talking about Lindsay Lohan. Another day, another, another drama. story. We don't so, talk I mean, about it, Goldman every week. Eh, they just keep coming. Why do we know so much about them? I guess we can't really say that. Well, you know, these are the these are the folks. Our that neighbors. In, these Their are neighbors. the folks that invented a security for a good friend of theirs that they knew was going to go down, and sold well, the security to their sort of good friends. And when the security went down, their really good friend made a billion dollars, and their not-so-good friends got hosed. Well, look, uh, the brokerage industry are basically, uh, you know, they're in the middle of a trade. That's what they do. They facilitate trading. So they're going to always be – that's the thing about this news. I don't know. Did you – was there something in the paper I missed? But Well, the, they were they, – they, this is, <clears throat> I think, the fourth – cover story they're in the always New York Times, on yeah. both sides everyone they're yeah. called traders they've got uh, or market makers they've got a seller on one side and they've got people talking to that guy 
to persuade him to sell because they make money when you sell. Doesn't, the people don't understand that. And then they've got other guys who have to find buyers for that trade, and they get paid if they find buyers. It's like at, at Sears, you have guys trying to sell the stove and telling you that's the best thing. At the same time, you got other guys telling you the microwave is the best thing. Should we, is that a problem? Should we sue Sears because of this conflict of interest? No, they're just trying to sell product, everyone. That's all. I'm sorry, is that starting to be like a rant? But I'm getting, you know, I'm just, I'm getting a little tired of this stuff, Mo. Uh, don't sugarcoat that I'm for not us. Trying I want to. you to just be blunt. I'm trying to just tell it straight. Well, that was, so, rather than, rather than uh, regurgitate Goldman Sachs Wall Street News, we're going to do something new today. We're going to have the first Value Guys book review. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know if I read the, my book. Shout out to Anthony Scaramucci. Hey, Anthony. This is a serious book review. Go on Amazon or go on, uh, go on Amazon and look up the Little Book of Hedge Funds. It's part of a series, the Little Book of the Economy, the Little Book of the Market, the Little Book of Hedge Funds. Great, honestly, some, as somebody that's been in the business for 30 years, it's a great... Now, you're serious. Yeah, I'm serious. serious. This is a part, serious. totally serious part of the show. It's a great book. Go get it. It's nine bucks. You're going to love it. Do you know it's, it's all about hedge funds? So last year, if you ranked in the bottom, you were the bottom number 200, 202 hedge fund manager in the country. Yeah. You made 200 million bucks. Yeah. How embarrassing. Now, you're a hedge fund manager. You should be able to get 6% on that, right? Your interest would be 12 million a year, 1 million a month. Yeah. Now, let's say you do that for five years, you have a billion dollars. Yeah. That means yeah. you're getting sixty million a year in interest, five million a month. Well, that's true. One hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars a day. Yeah, sixteen thousand dollars an hour. Could yeah, you, titans you, of industry, my friend. Spending that. We're well, talking, that's a job. You need work. help. You need helpers. You hire people. Of course. You'd hire course. people to help spend it. Well, you hire one person just to manage all your friends' gifts that you're sending. Right, or you they could just, just get married, that. and then you get everything. Yeah, they all have that. They do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, the thing to remember about all that is, it's a big world. How many people are there? Six billion. Yeah. And there are people that are in charge of the money. Okay. When you're a kid, are you in charge of the money? No, the parents. Okay. And then on the, you know, in the town, there's a mayor and all that. There are people who need to guide the capital because it's their expertise. They're not trying to do heart transplants or wage war on small nations. They have their own expertise. It's called be a good shepherd of the capital. And so there are people that do this. It's their profession. When you add up those numbers, Mo, which how been, many, and you have done that very well. Which is a why lot. we're starting the Value Guys Hedge Fund Well, <laughs> after the show. We should do that. But how many guys are really doing that? 200? Who cares? Well, the point is if it's, you it's could a, be it's the a small number. Second. Well, you should aspire to do that. We're arrogant enough. Well, I don't know. It turns out we have links to to we like we yes. have links to these guys. Shout out to uh, can I? I can't even say your name. No, you can't. But, anyway, uh, anyway, nice book. And, nice uh, book, and uh, you know, you put a little put a pencil on uh, to that one billion dollars. Here's somebody that made a billion dollars last year. These guys are going to have to spend sixteen grand a day just to spend the interest. Well, I'd say to uh, any students that are listening. 
that don't have athletic skills or musical skills, frankly, because those are good professions as well, uh, professional baseball, professional musician. If you don't have those skills and you are smart, then absolutely pursue this business. I mean, that's the nature of the show, really, is to encourage people to come out here and enjoy. And you, too, can, be a, can be a billionaire. Well, you don't have to be a... There's numbers that are smaller that are still good. Yeah, that's right. true. That's true. So, uh, in the last, another section to the show. Yeah. Oh, we have a new section? Another section. All right. Sure. It's the Andy Rooney section. Okay. So, part of the Andy Rooney section, I'd like to give a shout-out to the interior decorator who did your garage. We just went down <laughs> to pay the garage attendant. Yeah. Oh, in the building here. So, somebody has to pick... Dark green and gray and green floors. Somebody has to pick that. Well, it's you know it's a who, it's who, it's a it's a color scheme. You who, know? who designed your garage? You know that's that we like, outsourced that. I don't like know. A, it looks like a prison meets concentration camp down there. You know, I just think a shout it's out. To, shout out to the people who chose that paint. It's hard to make concrete look good. <laughs> I don't know. How about yeah. a little white paint? Anyway, so. We've got uh, three. What are we doing? All right, so are we, I'm, I'm just, I've misplaced something. And, uh, Your brain? I'm sure. Uh, that's always misplaced, but no. Anyway, uh, where part of the show are we at? The part uh, where we uh, do CCA the stocks? CCA Industries. All right. All right, we've got three terrific stock ideas this week. We're going to go alphabetical, which shouldn't shock anyone. Uh, no page numbers here. And all we ran was an enterprise value to sales screen, something very simple. Put a bit of a debt filter on, uh, not too hard. I think, you know, debt to cap of 50% uh, or something like that. And then uh, size screen, anything below, I believe, $4 billion got into this screen. So Mo and I have actually looked through about uh, 40 names that passed through that screen and picked three. Uh, CCA Industries, ticker CAW, uh, Gordman's, ticker GMAN, and uh, something called National Healthcare Corp., very timely, of course, NHC. And why don't we start out with uh, the one that starts with C. CCA, CCA yeah. Industries. Now, now, you like this one, Mo, oh, I, right? For, you, can't no? beat it, you can't beat it for really? amusement factor. First of all, this was a CCA, and yet their ticker symbol is CAW, so they clearly couldn't afford to get the CCA ticker symbol, or they should hire their investment bankers. They spelled they didn't get it right on that. Well, no, yeah. that doesn't look that good. Anyway, here's why you got to love this company, all right? They make high-quality, innovative health and beauty care products, products that are available in food and drug and discount stores. Beauty That's products. pretty straightforward right there. So... Yeah. Here are the beauty products. Bikini Zone. Cherry Vanilla. Yeah. Hair Off. Hair Off, yeah. Shave Zone. What? What, what do you read? This is, just, this is in the 10K? This is on the sheet that you're looking at. Those are the, those are the uh, products. Bikini Zone. What cherry they, uh, Cherry Vanilla. Health and Beauty uh, products. Well, let, let me tell you why I liked it. I mean, not that those aren't great reasons. It's uh, six times EBITDA. It's, uh, what else? It's got uh, sales that are 
Well, wait a minute, Mo. The sales are going down on of this one. Of course they are. Why are they? Well, I, I'm just wondering. I mean, one of the things that these guys sell is mega T, and T is testosterone, I think is what they're talking about. So they're selling testosterone gum, testosterone mints, and magic mood tablets. Are these things not in the... In, in the Ascension anymore? I, people don't I, want that stuff I don't anymore? know. Well, they, New York Times said last week that uh, the average American couple is having sex 22 times what, what's less happening per to month this show, than I'm um, just... What? And I what? think that's affecting the sales. Why? The, the country has lost its mojo with the economic crisis, we're not doing it as much and as we used to do. it's showing up in this chart on this stock? Is that the point? Or we why really are we even doing this one? It might be a short sale. Unbelievable. If you Mo. believe that America's libido has what? gone to sleep and will stay asleep. Who's screening these stocks? It was your screen. Yeah, All I'm saying is no debt. Now, no these guys debt. are pretty smart. Look. They've got Let's a, swing over into the financials now. Uh, six Unbelievable. And a, I guess somebody's got to sell this stuff. Six right? and a half percent yield. I'll tell you what I noticed on this one, Mo, and now I'm starting to understand why. No Zero analysts. analysts. <laughs> it's know. like no one's allowing their people to cover something like this. Well, could you imagine what the analysts meeting would go would go like? We're gonna do a little we'd why? like to we're we're here to do some tire kicking on the why? hair off tire shave kicking? zone. Why tire mean, kicking? Can you think you could get your boss to send you to this annual meeting or wow. whatever? They wouldn't send you. Uh, I wonder, These, this was this was this company right. was started by two MBAs. Let's back it up. So Let's, it's a real really? company. Yeah, 140 employees. Well, look at this. This explains a lot, Mo. Look where they are. East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the sexual Doesn't revolution. That tell you everything? This is uh, well. Okay, you know I didn't really read that part. Well, Mo. we did. What? We did choose this for its uh, comedic. Comedic. Well, no, there was a, no, there was another reason actually. The yield. The yield. The yeah. Yield, right. Let's get to the meat. So, so these speak. guys were smart enough that if sales have come down, they've cut the dividend from $0.43 cents to $0.32. Cents. But the last two years, it's held steady at uh, $0.28 cents a share, uh, which, you gives you, which gives you your yield. Can you uh, predict next year's dividend, Mo? Well, here's what I'm going to try to do. and uh, this Because uh, I've played this many times. Maybe I, maybe I could. Do you have a formula to guess that? Well, I think of a lot of it is. Um, All right, let me go through them. Forty-three cents, thirty-two cents, twenty-eight cents, twenty-eight cents. What will it be this year? Sales are down, but earnings are up. Twenty-nine cents. Whoa, that's an outstanding guess. If that happens, the yield is six point six percent. The brain is still a trillion times faster than the largest supercomputer. So the algorithm that I just ran yeah. is not duplicatable. Really? And will not be. No. It will will not be in our lifetime. But whatever the speed of the brain is, you have to admit, we're probably at half that level at this and point. even at that level, yeah. we're, we're killing machines. Yeah. Just so I you know, we're, we're stock picking. We'd all be out of work if computers could do this. Yeah. Stuff. All right, so is there any more on this one? Let me no. just throw a little valuation on here, oh, which is oh. they are... Uh, they're not quite earning the dividend. So the yield, which is presumably how it met the screen, it was an enterprise value to sales. It's like at point, uh, nine or something. I don't know. It's just squeaking in on that. No, it's point 0.5. Uh, and their margin is in the 2 3% range. You know, they're not making a lot. They used to earn 13%, and you kind of hope they might get back to that. But 
again, with brands like this, I think it's questionable. I don't know. We have another bull market yeah. and people start having sex again. So, I think it's something well, keeping the keeping the back. But you of your got head. a little bit of a yield. Presumably management believes they're gonna earn the dividend or they wouldn't keep it up. Unless there's a bunch of, you know, insiders that own stock, then they keep it up as long as they can and watch the stock go down, uh, which is in effect us paying their dividend. But you know, I I take a look at that one if that interests you. Six uh, percent yield. Okay, next up, and this is one I uh, I think I like a lot, Mo. It's called Gordman's Stores, and G M A N. G M A N. And I have to, in full disclosure, tell you this stock is live in the shop right now. I probably shouldn't even be talking about it on. Was that what I heard barking back there in the employees' no. cafeteria? Well, we I a, mean, is it, it's live no, in the shop? No, well, in the Gordman's, we don't have a Gordman's here, no. Oh. No, there's no. 71. These are department stores, uh, sort of discount department stores, I think in smaller towns, headquartered in Omaha, home of, you know, value investors and all that. So they're kind of a value. Uh, but, no, we have a bunch of interns this summer and uh, one of our interns thought of this and brought it to us, and we're right in the midst of doing our work on it. So I don't know much about it. I, I uh, so I if uh, if you make twenty five percent, does the intern get anything? No, no. They they you know what they're getting experience, uh, and their their good to bad ratio very low. Let right. me just tell you. But this is one that they did. Now here's the thing: they're earning uh, upper single digit EBIT margins. They're earning. Uh, mid-teens returns on assets, which is pretty impressive for a retailer. And what it appears that they do is they're going into places that, uh, you know, all the, the department store industry was wiped out. In a lot of places, there's a Target and there's a Walmart and, you know, maybe there's a Kohl's or what have you. But there's a lot of places that uh, are looking for a little nicer goods, and, and these guys are providing that. And they're providing it at discount prices. They've just got, I think, 70 stores. They've been showing, you know, very nice sales trends all through the last five years. No declines. Margins have been improving each year. And you just, you know, you're, you're getting a three, four-time asset turn, which for a 70-store retailer is pretty good. It means they've got some very nice systems, which also explains their EBITDA margin, despite the fact that they would claim they're selling products at 30% below retail. So that means their cost structure is uh, outstanding. Uh, they have been issuing some shares. I'm not sure what the story on that is. It could be that they're, you know, growing through acquisition of little stores and buying, you know, giving them shares. I, I don't know. You'd have to do your work on that. We haven't done the work on that yet. Um, but their assets are growing nicely. They're moving into new locations. I'm impressed with their returns on sales. And their uh, enterprise value to EBITDA is six and a half times, which to me equates to, uh, you know, a 15% cash on cash return. And uh, I think their debt is, you know, n not zero. meaningful. It's zero. They've got zero yeah, debt. Yeah, and, you know, it, looks, it smells like something that if it has the right model, and we don't know what that is, what's their story to their customer, we don't know any of that. We're learning. But if it's something that has some legs to it, they could have 400 stores. You know, that's the thing. So, Gordman's, G-M-A-N, do, you know, do your own work. When you, when you look at this thing, too, you, you, look, at the, uh, you look at the trend, and you, you don't have to be a million-dollar-a-year technical analyst on Wall Street to take a ruler and connect the bottom 
portion, the bottom dots on this chart, you can see that it's bouncing off of a, of a long three-year support trend, which is sort of interesting. It um, is volatile, though. You gotta, it is very volatile, but, you know, something. take a look at some of these numbers with me. 2009, here's an interesting story. The company in 2009, the earnings per share went from 15 cents to a buck in 2009. Yeah. The, um, the, the long-term debt went from zero to a million three, which for these guys was a lot, but the assets went from 77 million to 106. So if some, whatever it was, they made a change to the company in 2009, the year before they went public. Yeah. Brought on some debt. Took took the earnings per share from, uh, from basically nothing to a buck, and I think that it was probably also merged with somebody. Something or like or that. they may have said we're dressing the company up because we're going public. Yeah. You know, Fluffy the cat's well, off the payroll. That happened, and yeah. so all of, all of the relatives get fired. And yeah, yeah. Now you got a real company. You take it public, but uh, the the market clearly likes the whatever the strategy is. We just know that that strategy really didn't start kicking in until 2009. So it's early in the growth cycle yeah. for this company to take off. Stock's up 46% in 2012. Um, yeah, looks to me interesting. But still below the old uh, highs, it appears. Um, well, they got so. they they got whacked in uh, in early 2011, and I don't know I don't know what was going on, but these and it might simply have been. Big IPO, stock goes up, and people are yeah, doing earnings yeah. or urine selling. Um, yeah. The uh, EPS are estimates, you know, not that big. It looks like people are fine-tuning them. So I don't think there's been a big earnings disappointment. But you look at this company and you say, whatever they're doing, people like it, and it's only two, two to three years yeah. old. Yeah, no, so, I, I like that about it. Okay, uh, last up this week. Um, something called National Healthcare Corp, ticker NHC. And, uh, again, this passed our enterprise value to sales screen below one. Uh, this one is selling at uh, 0.7 on that metric. All the stocks we've talked about today are passing this screen, enterprise value to sales below one, um, which has the advantage of uh, including stocks where the earnings might be slightly negative or slightly positive, and they'd have a distorted P.E. or distorted earnings yield um, because of just being close to zero or being slightly negative. And this allows you to pick up some of those companies maybe before earnings turn positive or before the uh, recovery is fully appreciated by the market. That's a nice way to do a nice screen. That's why we do it. Uh, this one, you know, it's uh, it's got some nice elements to it. I mean, first, it's healthcare. They operate long-term healthcare centers associated with assisted living and independent living centers. Now, I'm just going to comment on the recent healthcare uh, debate and the Supreme Court ruling, which is that we're going to have a form of, uh, you know social medicine and social programs in America, and whatever side you come down on, you know, debate that at the bar, and we do debate that here. Um, yeah, so I do believe that we should have the private market a little more involved. But here's the thing about this company. If you have a social program that the government is insuring, the beautiful thing about that as a shareholder is the risk of bankruptcy just went to zero. And uh, the nice thing about that is you can now look at the U.S. Treasury as a benchmark of valuation. And so the U.S. Treasury, the 10-year uh, Treasury, 
I think is under three percent. Yes, I haven't, it is. It's two and a half percent. So that means the multiple. Again, you can look at the multiple on a bond. The coupon divided into the price. A thousand uh, is the price. Let's say a hundred. A hundred divided by two point five is what? Forty. Okay. So that's 40 times earnings that don't grow. And why are they at 40 times? Because of the certainty. If I'm basically am providing a service that the government is insuring and the government doesn't have its own source of supply, then the market's not going to shut me down. And all I'm going to have to do is meet certain standards of you know, care or something like that, which is pretty easy to do versus having to worry about competitors. So this guy is selling at six times EBITDA. They have consistent revenue growth for the last eight years. They've got EBITDA margins that are going up each year and are at 14%. And maybe the government decides that's the level they're going to set it at. I mean, when you have governments setting things, you know, you might not get a ton of growth. You're going to get growth of population, and in this case, baby boomers aging, so that's going to grow faster than population. But the best thing you get is certainty of not going bankrupt or not having competition take share. And they're putting up uh, right now good ROA, ROE, great margins. It's six times EBITDA, and I think uh, that's pretty cheap for something with the certainty that they've got looking forward. Well, you know, you can look at it from a from another perspective, too, which is you said if, if you're, you're, you're buying the stock, you're based uh, – or you're buying it based on – it's certainty. It's not going to go bankrupt, and, and presumably, it, at worst, will be able to can just keep banging out its revenues. Well, and they have no debt also. Exactly. So if you believe that and you're comparing it, you can't compare it apples to apples to a treasury, but with treasury at a half a point, and these guys are yielding two and a half, when you look at it from a risk-adjusted basis, it looks pretty attractive. So well, you, right. you've got to love that. The dividend yield is equal to the 10-year treasury yield. Yes. Yeah. And um, so, in a f no, the dividend yield is higher than the 10-year Treasury. Oh, really? Where is the 10-year? Two and a half. Yeah. Hold on one second. No, I think this is two and a half. This is what it says here. No, I'm saying this is two and a half. Yeah. I don't think that the 10-year. Oh, okay. well, um, so, given the fact that the, uh, the dividend is so critical here, it's time, I think, that we, um, we have Val give us his opinion on guess the dividend. You know, one of the things Not that's so important, dividend. well, guess the dividend is important in this case because it's yielding 2.5% if the dividend stays the same or goes up. Either you're going to have a higher stock price because it's going to be bid up or you're going to have a higher yield. And so knowing very specifically where the dividend is going to be next year is a critical part of buying this stock. So here we go. Are okay, you ready? I am ready. I'm blindfolded. All right, we're starting in 2006. Okay. These are the dividends. 2006. 70. Okay. 80. Wait a minute. That's 2007 is 80, right? Correct. 2007. Eight. 2009. What about 08? 2000, uh, sorry. Okay. 2008. 90. All right. This is getting harder. 2009, a dollar. I thought that was 2009. Okay. 2010, a yeah. dollar 10. Okay. 2011. Yeah. Dollar 20. So next 2010. year. All right, well, we're going to we will return in 20 minutes after um, 
after why Val we, has why do we, as, me to after this Val out? has figured it out. Okay. We're back. Back. Wow. My brain is so tired. I saw the smoke. It doesn't. It doesn't smell good in here right. either. I'm going to say. Uh, so th- I'm estimating the dividend for 2013 or 2012. Two, so that's going to matter a lot. 2012. Remember, 2012. 70, 80, 90, a dollar, dollar ten, dollar twenty. Now, what is it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go with 125, Mo. You are conservative. <laughs> You're conservative. You never know. One. You never know. You don't so, want to count on it. You know what I mean? So you're either going to have. <laughs> You're either going to have a marginal uptick in the stock or you're going to have a, a better dividend yield. I think yield. the dividend increase could prove to be disappointing to the $0.10 cent a, a year gainer crowd that has been accumulating around this stock. So the one thing I also wanted to mention, which is sort of interesting and I like this, is the I think the technical pattern on this uh, on yeah. this is very interesting. Because a word, as I know, it's a but I'm going to use some technical terminology please. here. But if you go back around 2008, you had the water slide into the upper box. The water slide. Water yeah. slide into the upper box. The box. Yeah. The uh, the upper box moved into the now the lower box. Yeah. Lower box, and Are, then is this what you te- technical guys talk? That's about? why I'm using it. The the lower box moved into the Sierra sounds Nevada. Like the, sounds like the Mets game. And the Sierra Nevada. No. Right there. Oh, the Sierra Nevada, which is right there. Uh huh. Is the now Sierra Nevada pattern is now moved very definitively into <laughs> the smiley in face. Last week. No, I'm just telling you into these the are smiley face. We're now well, in the it's a it's, smiley face phase. It's a technical term. So what does that tell us about the stock? Well, a smiley face is generally a sign of a upward momentum in the stock price, as okay. opposed to say say you're looking at a technical frown. Head, so, head and shoulders what? with a frown underneath so it. So let me get. So wait a minute. So you're weighing in with the technical view here on uh, NHC. We're right in a smiley yeah, face. It smiley looks good. Face you gotta face. love that. Okay, and uh, the fundamentals. Did I mention any of that? They're really it's not that. They're not that important, are they? It's a two and a half percent dividend yield. Which, by the way, Mo, I've got the yield curve. Oh, up so here. where are we? Now? One and a half percent is yeah. the ten year. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So the ten year. Uh, is basically trading at 70 or 66 times earnings, the 10-year bond. That's amazing. Called so, scarcity. All right. Well, that's our three stocks uh, this week. And uh, we next we have. Next we have an important uh, and new element of the show called paging through national economic trends. Uh, but unfortunately, we haven't uh, actually paged through any trends yet. So we're going to have to go print off. That material, find the copy machine, uh, get time, a refreshment, and it's time et to do some speed thinking. All right, be back in a minute, everybody. Okay, uh, we're back, everyone, uh, value guys, paging through national economic trends. So uh, we've just managed to spend a few minutes going through here. Uh, Mo, you got, you got anything interesting going on? Uh, 
Well, you know, um, if you uh, if you look on page three, this is a this is a standard chart. You don't even need to look at the. Now, by uh, the way, I'm sorry. Uh, this is from the National Economic Economic Trends at the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. It's free. Google it up. All the economic data that you need to know. I'm they sorry. also have an iPhone app, which is pretty good, pretty interesting. Um, one of the one of the charts in here is interest rates, and they're looking at the ten-year Treasury, which has gone from four percent to one and a half percent over the last two years. And if you look simply, look at the chart. Yeah. It looks like tre the ten-year Treasury yield is going to go off the cliff. So, yeah. well, two-part question. Yeah. One. Yeah. What are you guys thinking that that rates may do on the ten-year side? And two. Do you make do you adjust the portfolio depending on whether you think rates are going to go down? And if you did, what would you change? You know, we don't really make uh, an interest rate forecast implicit in the portfolio, but of course, uh, in an environment where rates are low, companies that you know need money uh, or need to use debt as part of their capital structure are a little bit advantaged in a sense over companies that manage to save up and put cash on the balance sheet and are now receiving a very low rate. I mean, it's, you extrapolate to the country. The people that save money their whole lives and were hoping to earn 5% and retire, they're getting one or one and a half. And so uh, the same holds true for business. Um, if you need capital, I think right now on the debt side, it's very cheap. Assuming, Whereas, assuming you can get it. Assuming you assuming can Assuming you can get it, yep. of course. Yep. Um, but if you are a, a sound business that could get along without debt, you probably should think about getting some debt. It's that cheap. But, you know, I, I – uh, there's. You think that we would have more LBOs given the fact that debt is so cheap, cash flow is relatively stable for some of these companies? You look. I look at a couple of these with zero debt that we looked at today. You'd think that would be – They'd be talking to their bankers about doing LBOs. Well, let me, uh, let me throw something out there, Mo, because I'm thinking about this. you got low interest rates. Uh, you got LBO prices or, you know, a, a, an opportunity to earn returns on equity by buying out companies that's very high. Why isn't more of it happening? And I think it's something we hear a lot from, uh, you know, clients, competitors, the street. Uncertainty. And it's affecting a lot of things, Mo. Uh, I was just looking through here. You've got... Uh, Aggregate private non-farm hours, you know, ticking down a little bit. Uh, on page five here, you've got industrial production, you know, posting a, a, a zero number after several positive uh, quarters here or months, this looks like they're reporting. And I think what's happening is one thing we do seem to know right now is tax rates are headed up for next year. Now, maybe the Congress will intervene, maybe the president will intervene, you know, I don't want to speculate on all that, and neither can investors. You know, the presidential race is tight. It's not clear how this is going to go, but I think one thing that's obvious that, you know, we recommend to high net worth clients right now is if you think tax rates are going up next year, what it means is accelerate income into this year, if you have that option, but push expenses into next year, things that are deductible. So, Anything that is a discretionary expense this year that's associated with a business, it's best, based on what we know right now, to push it off into 2013 because there's a higher tax rate and you'll get a better deduction. And so I think if you interpret some of these numbers in that way, why are interest rates going down? No demand for money. I mean, 
you know, or an excess supply of money relative to the demand. And so one explanation is people, they have good balance sheets. I was just looking. There's another data point here worth mentioning, um, which is, uh, let's see, it's on page 12. Debt service payments and household debt outstanding. You know, for the first time on this page, and this goes back 35 years, um, households are paying off debt. They're having a net uh, decline in debt uh, year over year for now coming on almost one, two, three, four, five years. Uh, and, you know, that's unprecedented. And one of the reasons I think that could be is that a lot of people understand the need to push off expenses into next year, uh, take income this year, and that also explains why there's not, you know, a, a big demand for credit. The debt service payments as a percent of personal income are also at a 18-year low at 11%. So consumers have a lot of firepower. Businesses have a lot of firepower. And so why are they waiting? Because of the uncertainty. So I think, you know, some of this data is suggesting to me that uh, things could get a lot better if we would just clear the uncertainty. Pick a tax rate and keep it there. That's one thought. But uh, I think right now the data suggests to me that there's some powder dry waiting for a little more clarity on what's going to happen, and then the uh, economy could get back to some better numbers. You know, while you were while you were looking at that, and I was sort of daydreaming a little bit and looking at the, the next page, you know, here's a question for you. There are a lot. Th this, this is a huge document. This is, you know, 30 pages. Uh, you see, I printed both sides to save paper there. So eight, yeah. eight, uh, eight graphs or so per page, uh, 30 pages times two because they're front and back. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of information here. Is there anywhere where I can where there's a paragraph on each one of these charts? Because look at this chart. Look at this chart right here. Here is a chart that apparently the Federal Reserve thinks is important enough to publish. Of all of the things they could look at, it's Retail and food services. Yeah. Retail and food services, yeah. what? It's been as high as two. It's been as low as minus one. It's mostly around zero. Retail, what does that mean? Well, burger, burger sold? No, no, no. I, this is from the uh, Commerce Department. This is all retail and then food services, so they include like restaurant food, food per you'd buy out and versus per grocery. Percent change of dollars? Yeah. Quite probably. Not it wouldn't be not units. Burgers yeah, or, no. Or weight. Not calories. Pounds weight, of food. Pounds of food yeah, consumed. No, no. no that's going to be total dollars. I have to tell you that you're right. It's not very well marked here. Well, here's another hey, one. Mr. Look at page uh, Federal Reserve. Look at page yeah. nine. Okay. Here we have a graph that's called the NIPA chain price indexes, and I'm wondering what kind of chain is a NIPA chain? Is it a grocery chain? Is it a chainsaw? Is it an anchor chain? Is it a chain gang? The NIPA chain... Price uh, index. This is the price of chain. I have to. <laughs> I mean, admit, you know. No, that's anchor a, uh, anchor chain. I think a chain index just means that you're uh, continuously updating, changing it. it. Yeah. So chain is sort of a basis. Federal well, Reserve slang no, they, for change. No. What do you? They, it's a chain, they man. Do, they did this a few years ago. They went to chain numbers instead of uh, discrete numbers. It's like constantly chaining chaining it. 
to the prior period instead of discrete numbers. So for a viewer I that just for the viewer that I don't want to get into all the math because right. I'm not aware of it. But so for the viewer that prints this out, looks at all these graphs, is there a uh, a user's guide? Is there a Federal Reserve for Dummies book that you can look at that exists? These are the 700 graphs in this, and here's what they mean. And here's why we think they're important enough to publish. Uh, well, I'm not that I'm aware of, but, you know, that's a pretty good job idea for Maybe some, some write MBA that. that can't get a job. I mean, this is public information, national People economic trends. How about something called guide to, to national, national economic, economic trends. You shouldn't have to listen to the value guys show to have this type of information at your hands because I what I mean we're only, you know, another really reliable another business here. opportunity. Yeah, so. And uh, speaking of speaking of a proprietary stuff. Yeah. I just want to let people know that we're working on the Valmo quotient the Valmo quotient. Yes. Am I working on this? You remember with you? Graham and Dodd? Yeah, I do. Now it's going to be Val and Mo because we're coming up with our own proprietary ratio that looks at not only the income statement, the sources and uses statement, the balance sheet, momentum, yeah, and safety, yeah, plus the company's alpha, and it boils it all down. The movie ratings also into one number. One number. We're gonna have one gonna number for every. This is a an algorithm that wouldn't have been possible to create until we daisy chained. I think we have about a twenty two hundred um, calculators linked, all linked with tape. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it's amazing. This is gonna be done soon. Stay tuned, and we will be uh, unveiling the Valmo quotient. Wow. Can't uh, look out, wait Graham and Dodd. We're uh, we're breathing down your necks. All right. Well, uh, that's a surprise. So I'll be looking forward to that. I guess that's all we have this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening in to another episode of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show. See all of our comments, caveats, links to past shows. A lot of interesting stuff that I had very little to do with, or neither of us did. At www.thevalueguys.com. So long, everybody. And have a good week.